welcome to the second half of this season. That's right, in a season ravaged by COVID and injuries, your podcast host has had to duck out a couple of times, but I'm back. Welcome back to the NFFL podcast. Week eight is upon us. Upon, upon, upon. Yes, uh, we are staring down the barrel of week nine. Uh, We just finished up week eight. So week nine is upon us. That was a wild week. I don't know about you, but I found myself asking, what went right? I can't forgive, can't forget, can't give in what went wrong Cause you said this was right You fucked up my life This past eight, uh, week eight was very weird uh, Down week for scoring uh, quarterbacks especially were down. Josh McCown was just signed by the Texans. He's like 41 and already had an arrangement to be paid by the Eagles to be on their practice squad without having to leave his home in Texas just in case their quarterback room got hit by COVID. But now he's going to be a backup to Deshaun Watson, who's like 16 years younger than him. <laughs> And Cower Power was the highest scorer of the week in the NFFL. Uh, So, uh, I don't know what to make of that. (laughs) Anyway, let's get into some news and notes for the week. We're going to start off with some injuries out for the season. uh, Most likely, even though uh, he would tell you otherwise, George Kittle... Uh, has some uh, foot injury that is going to keep him keep him out uh, probably for the rest of our season as well as Jimmy Garoppolo uh, his high ankle sprain was not ready to have him go back in and he re-aggravated it and he's going to be out from uh, some extended time also out thigh injury Daryl Henderson ankle injuries for Darius Slay and Jonathan Taylor groin injury for T.Y. Hilton knee injury for Tevin Coleman and Miles Gaskin uh, that seemed to come out of nowhere I uh, believe that's an MCL sprain that's going to keep him sidelined for about three weeks hip injury for Kenny Galladay that's going to keep him out for uh, well, at least a week probably a couple and Adam Humphreys is in the concussion protocol. So if you got any of those guys on your roster, you're gonna wanna not play them this week. And not just injuries, but we've got some COVID news this week. There were some big names added to the COVID list that have some pretty significant impacts on their rosters. Jamal Adams does not has not been has not tested positive for COVID, but he has been in contact with someone who has. 
A.J. Dillon, rookie running back who actually played while positive, but the positive test did not show up till after the game. Jamal and A.J. not available this Thursday. Matthew Stafford was just as of Wednesday put on the COVID list. Uh, He doesn't have it, but he is in the protocol because he was in close contact with someone who does he can't practice but if he doesn't show symptoms or test positive between now and sunday he can play sunday andy dalton uh even if he comes out of the concussion protocol by sunday he's not going to play against pittsburgh because he is now in the covid protocol and dallas goes on to their fourth string quarterback because jerry jones came on his uh weekly radio show today or this week and admitted that uh, they kind of threw uh, <laughs> threw their rookie into the deep end and said they needed someone with more experience. So they're going to, uh, with Andy not able to play this week, they're going to have Cooper Rush and Garrett Gilbert compete, who have a combined nine NFL pass attempts. There's your uh, experience. Of course, true to form, this will be the one game this year that uh, Mike Tomlin doesn't have the Steelers ready for. And Kendrick Bourne, as of Wednesday afternoon, was just placed on the COVID list. And watch out for anyone he was in close contact with, especially the wide receivers. They got a Thursday game. Do not be surprised if some of the other wide receivers in San Francisco all of a sudden show up unavailable tomorrow night moving on let's take a look at the film room review for week eight We're going to start off with Awful Waffles taking on Whiskey and Woman. And even though I didn't come to your phone or listening device last week, I did predict Whiskey and Woman would win. They did. 166.94 to 151.54. It's a 15.5 point margin of victory. 15.4 for Whiskey and Woman. For Awful Waffles, the real villain this week was Baker Mayfield. Seven players outscored Baker, including two linebackers, one defensive back, and the kicker. Ezekiel Elliott had his third straight week with eight points or less. It is not looking good for the former All-Pro. For Whiskey and Woman, Amari Cooper was buried by third-string quarterback play. He had one catch for five yards, I believe. Um, Beyond that... These two teams were comparable uh, across the roster, but the one player that really made the difference, uh, that MVP for this game was Robert Woods. Eight receptions, 85 yards, and a touchdown through the air. Add in another rushing touchdown early in the game, and that was truly the difference. Let's move on to Cobra Kai taking on Lance Manlove. I did have Cobra Kai winning this one, and they did. It was a 184-42 to 145-26. That is a 39.16 point margin of victory for Cobra Kai, earning them the whoop-ass victory of the week. Now, 
uh, for Cooper Kai, Matt, Patrick Mahomes and DK Metcalf were the engine, uh, just shy of 88 points between these two. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, a uh, bit of a disappointment, honestly a huge disappointment in their blowout of the Jets with Bell on board. He only had nine touches. That's it. In a game where there, uh, it was just, uh, I don't know. Marvin Jones had one of his uh, two to three splash games of the year that he always does. But he was on the bench, uh, just shy of 17 and a half points. For Lance Manlove, Travis Kelsey, Jason Pierre-Paul, and Eric Kendricks were all studs. They were also the only players on this roster to exceed their projections. Calvin Ridley and Jonathan Taylor both got nicked up. And Nelson Aguilar goosed. And Lamar Jackson disappoints yet again. He's gone for over 30 points only three games this year. And only once has he gone over 35 points. This is not a stud quarterback right now. And it's not... The passing game is just not firing for the Ravens. Let's move on to Night Shift, taking on Jim Kelly Hates Cancer. I did pick Night Shift to win to get off the slide, and they did indeed. To the tune of 180.58 to 167.93, that's a 12.65 margin of victory for Night Shift. Nice and cozy. Night Shift, welcome back Dalvin Cook. 30 rushes, 163 yards, three touchdowns, two receptions, 63 yards, one of which was like a 50-yard screen pass, and another touchdown through the air for 47.60 points. This running back nearly hung a 50-burger. Josh Allen uh, had a down week, so it was good that Dalvin really picked up the slack. Uh, the weather really hindered that Bills game, and uh, they they leaned on the run. So uh, Allen salvaged his day with some runs of his own. And Cooper Cup uh, made up for his bad week, uh, his bad last couple of weeks. He was targeted 21 times. <laughs> I guess we know who the favorite target is right now. Uh, for Jim Kelly Hates Cancer, Justin Herbert continues to look splendid. Three touchdowns through the air again. Julio Jones and Michael Hardman combined for just under 37 points. But losing Galloway, or uh, Galloway, Galladay. When was the last time Joey Galloway played? Losing Kenny Galladay and uh, Coleman both to injury, it, it really did hurt this uh this squad let's move on to cower power take it on grizzles gladiators i did pick grizzles gladiators to win i did not do so well in this matchup cower power pulled out the victory to the tune of 204 88 to 167 32 that's a 37 and a half point margin of victory 37.56 for Cower Power. This is the second week in a row that Cower Power has put up over 200 points after that really sluggish start to the season. So good on you. Brandon Ayuk, eight catches, 91 yards, one touchdown. Really benefited from having no Debo Samuel, no George Kittle, and uh, no Tevin Coleman. Giovanni Bernard in his relief role for the second week did a really nice job. 15 rushes, 62 yards, and a touchdown with another three receptions and 16 yards through the air for a receiving touchdown. For Grizzlies Gladiators, it's I mentioned a couple weeks back that Justin Jefferson might be 
the new stud in Minnesota. But it it may be too early. I might need to retract that. Uh, he's played four games this season. He's had three stud games. He hasn't outright busted, but he's had four duds, and this was one of them. Uh, Mike Gesicki, very, very limited in the Dolphins' switch to Tua. He was only targeted twice. He did catch one of them, but that's not enough for fantasy. Let's move on to Gridiron Mafia taking on Hater Tech. I did pick Gridiron Mafia. I picked wrong. Hater Tech took this one. To the tune of 161.75 to 151.32. That's a 10.43 10.43 margin of victory for Hater Tech. Gridiron Mafia, they stumbled after two strong weeks. Uh, they only had two players on a bye this week, so it's they can't blame that. They had the points on the bench with uh, Breeze. Bridgewater was really hindered by weather in that Thursday night game. Their wide receivers for Gridiron Mafia combined for less than 12 points. Their offense combined only put up 56.12 points. And if you consider the kicker part of the offense, you can throw on seven more. That's 63.12 points. Their offense was absolutely atrocious this week. On the defense, you can sing the praises of Bobby Wagner. We'll talk about him later. Six tackles, five assisted tackles, two sacks for 25.60 points. So there's the only thing you can hang your hat on this week. Gridar Mafia, Hater Tech. Is it better to be lucky than good? This week it is especially since Julian Edelman was announced moved to the IR on Friday last week and was still in the lineup on Sunday. Uh, Russell Wilson had another big day with 45 points. Philip Lindsay experienced a resurgence and is making his play for that starting job in Denver over Melvin Gordon. And Tyreek Hill had his best game of the season, six receptions, 98 yards, and two touchdowns. It's been a while since he had a multi-touchdown game, at least through the air. Let's move on to our last matchup. Ninja Panthers took on Roster Guard 99. I picked Ninja Panthers to surprise. Uh, this was actually my game of the week uh, last week, and I was right. <laughs> uh, 149.96 to 137.18, a 12.78 margin of victory for Ninja Panthers. Four of the games this week were within, you know, 16 point difference. There was a, even though scoring was all down, it was down across the board. We were all really close. For Ninja Panthers, they lost Daryl Henderson and George Kittle early to their injuries, and they still managed this victory. That's pretty impressive. points from the defense. Very nice after the way the defense has looked this season. The only standout on offense was Tyler Boyd, though. A little bit of a worry, but at the same time, Tyler had a good day. Seven receptions, 67 yards, and a touchdown. So nice. For roster guard 99, they really were done in by losing Jimmy Garoppolo early. Uh, His relief came in and just had himself a day. Jimmy probably would have done the same thing if he'd been healthy and not left. Devontae Adams and Allen Robinson. Devontae had 26.8 points. Allen Robinson had 17.70. That's nice. Very nice for two of your wide receivers to put it that much. Another thing that hurt, Jamison Crowder, a late scratch. That's a goose. Uh, now, granted, he was not playing because he was injured. It wasn't like he was a healthy scratch. But, yeah, that, that definitely hurts uh, when a starting wide receiver all of a sudden is not playing. So that's enough uh, looking back at the matchups. Let's look at some individuals and award some hardware. Hardware. 
look at our uh, offensive and defensive players of the week. You already heard a couple of these names, but let's sing their praises one more time. Let's start in Crazy Horse. We'll start defense, just because I never do. For defensive player of the week for Crazy Horse, we're going to give it to Bobby Wagner, linebacker for Gridiron Mafia. I just rattled off his stats. Six tackles, five assists, two sacks, 25.60 points. For the Haterade Defensive Player of the Week, that honor goes to Jesse Bates, defensive back for Hater Tech. Nine tackles, two assists, one interception, one pass defense, good for 23 points. On the offensive side of the ball, for Crazy Horse, you got to give it to Patrick Mahomes and his underhanded toss for a touchdown. Quarterback for Cobra Kai, 31 completions, 416 yards, and five touchdowns. Good for 53.82 points. And for the Haterade Offensive Player of the Week, Dalvin Cook, running back for night shift, 30 attempts, 163 yards, three touchdowns, two receptions for 63 yards, and a touchdown through the air. Good for 47.60 points. Those are your offensive and defensive players of the week. Now let's move on to those who didn't do so well and look at your poopers of the week. The brown note, Again, as I say every week, I don't consider injured players poopers. Pooping is when a player fails miserably to meet their projected expectations. Poopers had to have started for their NFFL team. Let's rattle them off. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Melvin Ingram, DeForest Buckner, Steven Gostkowski, Nelson Aguilar, Baker Mayfield, John Brown, Amari Pooper, Derek Barnett, Sean Lee, Anthony Walker, Mike Gesicki, Justin Jefferson, and his teammate Adam Thielen, Henry Ruggs, Yannick Ngakwe. His first game with a new squad projected at nearly 12, and all he had was like a tackle. DeAndre Swift, Deontay Johnson, Adrian Peterson. Uh, two running backs for the Lions. Chris Jones, Jared Davis, Matt Milano, and receiver A.J. Green. One of the only games the Bengals have won this year, and they did it while A.J. was pooping. So those are your poopers. Not good enough, damn it. Not good enough. Of the week. Let's look also at our... Clearly mistakes were made. And uh, he's right, mistakes were made. No one is blameless here. And I'm frankly not happy about him. I acknowledge that mistakes were made here. I accept that responsibility. These are the players who, well, these are the squads who made mistakes. These players did well. It was their owners who made the mistakes by letting them sit on the bench. Uh, I only really had four of note this week. We're going to start with Drew Brees, Gridiron Mafia, quarterback. 33 and a half points is what he put up. Projected at 26.97. That's just over six and a half, 6.53. And as I mentioned earlier, if he had started Drew instead of Teddy, would have won that matchup. The point difference was there. Bud Dupree, a linebacker for Reliance Love. Scored 15.40, only projected at 8.31, 
That's a 7.09 point difference. Wouldn't have made a difference in the end, but still, that's a move. Damian Harris, also for Lance Manlove, a running back, scored 16.20 against 7.07 projected. That's 9.13 points left on the bench again for Lance Manlove and our top of the week. Curtis Samuel, wide receiver for Grizzles Gladiators, 19.40 points scored against 7.80 projected. That is 11.6 points left on the bench. Well, what can you say to all of those mistakes other than... I guess I screwed up! Let's move on. We're going to look at our Pierce watch. You're a loser. Loser. I have not pulled that soundbite out in a year. That's fun. Uh, only two teams on the Pierce Watch this week. Lance Manlove and Grizzles Gladiators. Lance Manlove, you're on a two-game losing streak, and you've not looked remotely good during this streak. I don't know if you need to give the boys a, a pep talk or if you need to threaten to uh, beat them up or give them some motivation. And how about I pound you like a boy? That didn't come out right. Whatever you need to do. Buddy, I don't know who you are. You're about to get chlamydia. You need to motivate your boys a little better. And for Grizzles Gladiators, lost five straight. Only a marginally healthier conference record. Uh, We're talking one win. One win better within conference play. Keeps you above Lance Manlove and Hater Tech. And the fact that you've scored 40 more points. If those two things weren't true, you may be ranked number 12 right now. So you three teams, or three teams, you two teams, uh, you are on the hot seat for the Pierce. You should be ashamed of yourself. Look at you. Shame. Shame on what you are. So... That's enough looking back. Makes me sad to think about all that. But it also makes me excited to look forward. Let's look forward with our pick six segment at week nine. going to start with number 12, Hater Tech. <laughs> Currently sitting at two and six, taking on number one, Whiskey and Woman. <laughs> with their record of unsullied eight and oh. For Hater Tech, uh, oh, uh, the projected outcome, Whiskey and Woman early in the week projection, I know. A whiskey and woman early projection, they're gonna win by about 30. For Hater Tech, they do have some players that have been put on the COVID roster, and there were two empty slots when I uh, performed this breakdown. For Hater Tech, I do like David Johnson against Jacksonville this week, especially after the bye. And I think that Philip Lindsay will have a better day than projections say. 
Atlanta will likely not have Calvin Ridley, allowing a lot more attention to be paid to Julio since there is a severe drop-off in pass catchers after those two in Atlanta, which means a closer game. Tyreek is a concern. Uh, He had a huge week, but Carolina gives it up on the ground and not through the air. So he might need to pick up a couple of jet sweeps or end arounds to really make a difference. We'll see. For Whiskey and Woman, uh, the offense is in danger this week. Murray against Miami is not an easy matchup. Parker gets Patrick Peterson. DJ Chark won't have Gardner Minshew. Miles Gaskin's out. San Francisco coaches don't trust Jarek McKinnon and his quote-unquote tired legs. John O. Smith is a month removed from a good game, and who knows who's going to be throwing to Amari Cooper this week. Given all this, I do expect the season of miracles to continue happening for Whiskey and Woman. They're going to pull this out of their butts, not because they will earn it, but because I expect Hater Tech to trip. Let's move on to number six, Gridiron Mafia. Sitting at four and four, they're going to take on number 11, Lance Manlove. Projected outcome early in the week is that Lance Manlove is going to win by about 25. Let's start with Gridiron Mafia. Teddy Bridgewater in a shootout or playing catch up in a game against Kansas City. Or Drew Brees versus that Tampa Bay defense. That is the question at quarterback. That could really set the tone for your week. Um, I'm not sure who I'd take. Ah, <laughs> uh, wow. That's a toughie. Rojo worries me. Fumbled last week and was immediately yanked for the night. And he gets tough sledding versus New Orleans this week. And might not even see the field because Bruce Arians was pissed at him. I don't think Traquan Smith and Russell Gage have the firepower to compete for this team this week. For Lance Manlove, they've only exceeded their projections twice this season. And this is a week of ifs for them. If Calvin Ridley suits up, he should meet his projections. If Chris Godwin is cleared to play after his finger surgery and the team should know Friday, he should have a good day. If, you know... Antonio Brown doesn't take all the attention away since he's Tom Brady's favorite toy. And if Jonathan Taylor can play with that bum ankle, probably still won't look great against Baltimore's defense anyway. All of this to say, I am picking Gridiron Mafia to win in a tightly contested matchup. Let's move on to number five, Night Shift. At five and three, taking on number seven, Cower Power. Uh Sitting at three and five. The projected outcome early, again, just like with our first matchup, players are in, players are out. There's some COVID situations. Uh, Night Shift is projected to win um, by close to 40. Uh, let's start with Night Shift looking for Josh Allen to rebound in a big way with a home matchup against Seattle. And speaking of Seattle, they are likely going to need Tyler Lockett to contribute to keep pace with Buffalo since Buffalo 
has shown this year they can sling it and they will. Uh, weather should not be a big issue this week like it was last week. Also watch for new acquisitions. Darnell Mooney, who has shown to be a very strong and trusted number two wide receiver for Chicago. And Jamichael Hasty, possibly the only game running back for San Francisco this week against Green Bay's league worst defense against running backs. For Cower Power, I expect three those three Pittsburgh offensive players, James Conner, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Eric Ebron, to be cannibalizing each other for points against Dallas, especially if the game gets out of hand early. Uh, it'll probably be Connor taking all the touches, and Juju and Ebron probably have almost nothing to do by the second half if the game gets out of early, out of hand early. Gus Edwards is the back to own in Baltimore, but Indianapolis is, is a tough matchup. And Tom Brady gets a real test after the Giants showed him to be mortal just this past weekend. So, uh, yeah, I am picking Night Shift in a game that'll be tighter than uh, Yahoo probably projects it to be. Let's move on to number eight, Roster Guard 99. At three and five, taking on number ten, Grizzles Gladiators. With a two and six record. Now the projected outcome is that Roster Guard 99 is going to win by half a point, but this is also with no quarterback in their roster when I did this matchup. Uh, roster guard DeAndre Swift could be in for more passing work with Galladay out so long as Carrion stops vulturing all his receptions. And, you know, we mentioned that there's a possibility that Stafford won't be playing, so it could be Chase Daniel back there tossing uh, checkdowns. On the plus side, DeAndre has unseated Peterson for the lead back role as the running running back. <laughs> Mark Andrews' uh, outlook is not good for this tight end. Uh, Indianapolis is tough on that position. And like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, that Baltimore pass game is just sputtering. For Grizzlies Gladiators, Rodgers is going to set the tone on Thursday. He needs to score buckets as the top two running backs for his team are out. And San Francisco's backups in a home game can beat that Green Bay defense. Jefferson is a concern with Cooks back in the lineup. He didn't have much to do last week. And I don't know how much I sue through the air for him again this week against uh, Detroit without their number one wide receiver. And potentially without their starting quarterback. Leonard Fournette should be a solid play against New Orleans as uh, as long as Bruce Arians still has Ronald Jones in the doghouse. I am picking Grizzles Gladiators to get off the slide this week and handle roster guard 99. Our penultimate matchup of the week is number three, Jim Kelly Hates Cancer. Hit. Hit. Touchdown! At six and two, they're going to take on number nine, Ninja Panthers. Uh, 
who hold a three and five record. The early projected outcome is that Jim Kelly hates cancer is going to take Ninja Panthers over their knee and whip them to the tune of 40 points. Jim Kelly hates cancer could have a huge week for the wide receiver. DeAndre Hopkins is typically matchup proof and with uh, Christian Kirk's emergence on the other side of the field, Nuke could be trouble for Miami. Fuller gets Jacksonville coming off his bye. And Julio has hit double digits every game he's finished healthy this season. Chris Carson is concerned may not even be able to suit up for Seattle. And I do look for a big bounce back game for Darren Waller. That game in Cleveland last week was just crazy. Waller has a much friendlier matchup this week. For Ninja Panthers, Tannehill's in a bit of a slump. And his matchup with Chicago is not really the recipe for a get-right game. Yeah, not not great. Uh, don't be surprised if Le'Veon Bell outscores both Naeem Hines and Todd Gurley this week. All three running backs are on this roster. I It would not shock me at all. Um, I'm not going to hang my hat on it, but it would not surprise me the way things are going in Kansas City. <laughs> and Henry Ruggs is probably not a strong play, but Golden Tate is probably not any better going up against Washington. He didn't even hit two points earlier this season when he played him. I am picking Jim Kelly hates cancer. Um, they may hit that line of 40. They may not, but I, I do believe they're going to win. And our final game that we're going to look at is the game of the week for week nine. Number two, awful waffles. Awful waffle. Awful waffle. With their record of five and three, we're gonna take on number four, Cobra Kai. Also at five and three, the projected outcome is that Cobra Kai early in this week are uh, gonna lose to Awful Waffles by about a dozen. See what I did there? I turned it on you. For Awful Waffles, running back, that's kind of a push. Zeke is not likely to be great against Pittsburgh, and he's probably going to need a touchdown to make his day worthwhile. Meanwhile, Alvin Kamara gets Tampa Bay, who are very tough against a run, but they do tend to give up a lot of yardage to running backs through the air. And that's where Alvin likes to make his bread. John Brown should have a big day versus Seattle, but there are also rumblings he may not be able to play, even though he's not currently on the injury list. For Cobra Kai, all eyes are on Antonio Brown. How many snaps is he going to get? How many receptions? Bruce Arians really is playing coy, but the reports are that everyone was shocked at how in football shape he was when he showed up. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Only has had 18 touches in the last two games, but Carolina is soft versus the run. If Andy Reid ignores his new toy, Le'Veon Bell, then Clyde can string some points together. But if it's anything like this past week, it's a three-headed monster. It's, it's going to be a mess. Uh, and watch Noah Fant. He gets the volume. Uh, he's a top target. For Jake Locke and uh, Atlanta loves to give up yardage and touchdowns to the tight end position. I am picking awful waffles in a squeaker that should be one that we watch all day Sunday. 
because I can't remember off the top of my head if they have anyone playing on Monday night. Last week, uh, yeah, well, well, that's it. That's it for this week. Uh, last week, I went four and two in my picks. Uh, that puts me at twenty six and sixteen on the season. Um, well, I'm doing pretty well. Buys this week. If you've got any players from Philly, the L.A. Rams, Cleveland, or Cincinnati, do not play them. They're on a buy. And uh, Thursday Night Football this week is Green Bay against San Francisco. Green Bay's flying out. Uh, as of right now, I'm recording Wednesday night. The NFL has not announced that they're pushing that game at all. So uh, as of right now, it's supposed to be played. And remember, you can buy some NFFL swag on Redbubble. I'm wearing my NFFL hoodie right now as I record this. Using the link bit.ly slash Nellis NFFL. No capital letters. I can't wait to see you guys on the gridiron. I will see you. I will play with you. That sounds really weird. But it's okay. That's it for this week. The NFFL Podcast is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios. Tell your story.